If you have your Bibles with you tonight, we'll be in the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 9. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 9 in your Bibles. Learning to live Christ-like in a crooked land is what we've been studying through 1 Corinthians. Learning to live Christ-like in a crooked land as we've been studying Paul's word. It was God's word, but this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and he's been explaining to them how they can live a godly and a Christ-like life even though they're living in this wicked place. Because boy, we talked about how wicked Corinth was. And we talked about how the world seemed to have found its way into the church. Because, you know, we, we would think the church should be different from the world. But here in the Corinthian church, we started to find some very awful, just wicked sin amongst God's people. And Paul, he found himself having to address that. And once he's addressed some of these sins, and he's going to talk more about them even in 2 Corinthians, now we're here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Paul started talking about himself as a preacher. First he said, well, you know, I'm, I'm an apostle, and here's, here's how. Let me prove to you how I know I'm an apostle. And then he said, even though that I do things a little different than some other people, you know, I have liberty to do these things, but, but I don't do them. He said, you know, if I want, I can, I can get married, even though I don't, because if you get married, you haven't sinned, but you'll have trouble. And I've just chosen not to do that. He says, you know, as an apostle, I am at liberty to accept money for this position. But I choose not to do it because I don't want you guys to think I'm trying to sell you the gospel. That's not what I'm about. And he chose not to do that just so it didn't seem like the Bible or the Word of God was kind of watered down. He talked about his freedom. Then he talked about how he has liberty to do some things. And he also, with that liberty, wanted to make sure he didn't hurt someone else's conscience. Remember the whole thing with the steak we talked about where he would go to the temple and that meat had been offered to false gods. And hey, it's not a sin to eat it. But you don't want to make your brother trip and fall doing so. That would be an offense to your brother. And that's the sin. You don't want to do that. So he said he has liberty. Well, folks, tonight he talks about something else that's not just for apostles. Folks, it's something for you and me too. And this is the idea of being a servant. Being a servant. You know, how many of us do we feel like maybe that's what I want to be? When, when, you, when you watch TV or you read a book or you study in history someone that was a servant, man, that's the guy. He was, he was a pretty lowly fellow, wasn't he? What did a servant do? A servant was, hey, you, servant boy, come here. I want you to, you know, go get my robe and slippers. And then when you come back, you're going to give me a foot massage because I've been on my, my, my feet all day, you know. That's the servant. He, he's the lowly guy. You don't, you don't think of yourself wanting to be the servant. But look at what Paul says about being a servant in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 19. Here's what he says about himself. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all. Why? That I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. 
I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof with you. Our God in heaven, again, we ask that you would help us to understand the heart of a servant tonight as has been described here to us by the Apostle Paul. Lord, I realize something that we can all probably learn a little bit more is how to have a servant's heart and how to be a servant for you to those around us. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us about being a servant and help us to learn out of the scriptures. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. Well, folks, there's something here, like we said, about being a servant. Typically, we don't think about wanting to be a servant. You know, when it, when it comes to any job or any position, even when it comes to the, 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 the children around us, everyone wants to be in a position of power, don't they? they? They typically want to rise up. Hey, I want to go up the ranks in my job. Man, when it comes to the way people look at me, I want to be, man, I want to be at the top. If you're one of the boys and you're, man, you're on the ball team, you don't want to be the guy sitting on the bench, you know. You don't want to be a second stringer. You want to be the first string quarterback. Hey, you want to be the team captain. Why? Because that's a position everybody looks at. Man, that's the position of power. No one wants to be the, the water boy. No one wants to be the towel boy. No one wants to be the guy doing the laundry after the, you know, after the ball game's over. No one wants to be that guy. I mean, he's, he's, he's the lowest of the low. That's, that's the guy that serves everyone else. Don't we usually want to be in, in the limelight? Don't we want to be someone that's, that's saying, hey, I'm calling the shots. What, what I do is what, or what I say, that's, that's what you're going to do. Well, Paul, now he's talking about as a Christian and as someone that's a leader, he says that he's going to be a servant. And notice what he says in verse number 19. And here's your first lesson about being a servant. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all. Folks, your first lesson about being a servant is this. You have to choose to be a servant. You have to make that choice. You can't just, just live your life going about fighting and scratching and clawing your way to the top the way everyone naturally does then just one day say, yeah, hey, I'm going to be a servant. No, this is a choice that we have to make. This is a choice that Paul made. You know, let's, let's think about Paul's life for just a minute. If you study where Paul came from, he was a guy that that, well, for, for, for the way we would put it, he was a guy that had the world on a string. Man, he was a guy that was, by birth, he was from Rome. He, he had a right to be a Roman citizen. And you ever heard the old expression that all roads lead to Rome? You know, we've heard of the, the Roman Empire. And man, when you study Roman military tactics, Romans was, the Romans, they had, man, they had almost covered the entire world, the known world at that time. And to be an actual Roman citizen... There was a lot of rights and privileges that come with that. I mean, that would be like saying, hey, I'm an American citizen, but over here you're under, you know, this communist dictatorship. I would rather be the American citizen because of, man, look at the rights and privileges that come with that. We've got the Bill of Rights. You know, we have all these things that are provided. Paul had those. And then furthermore, when it comes to the, the things of spirituality, Paul was someone that was well-educated. He was a Pharisee. So that means he was a guy that he knew the scriptures and he knew it well. He was someone that had been well taught. He was a guy that had everything that he could have imagined. He could have went and he could have got a well-paying job. He could have been, well, he could have went up and politically as it come to the, uh, the ranks of the tabernacle and all that stuff. He could have had a great position. But he says, you know what? I don't think I need any of that. 
I don't think I want that. Now, is it a problem to have position? No. Is it wrong to be in a position of power? No. I mean, you look at, you look at King David, right? You look at King Solomon. Man, that guy was rich, and he was a king, but he was still God's man. Nothing wrong with those. We're talking about having the heart of a servant. So he says, though I be, watch this, free from all men, yet have I made myself a servant. Look at this. First off, Paul, he was a servant, but he was free in his position. Here's what I mean. He didn't have anyone telling him what to do. Now, most of us, I would say we probably have someone that's telling us what to do. We have a boss. We have a job. If you're married, you have a wife. Okay, that's a joke. You can laugh, you know. Well, we all have a boss, don't we? We have someone that we have to listen to. We have someone that we're accountable to. But Paul, if you'll notice, it's very interesting. He says, you know what? I'm free from all men. I don't serve anybody. Now, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be neat to not have a single person that you had to be held accountable to? I mean, I don't have to get up in the morning and answer to this person. I don't have to take this step and then say why I made that step. I don't have to be accountable anywhere. Man, that would be, that would be really neat because, listen, I've had some jobs before where I worked for a particular manager or a particular boss, and, and I didn't like that guy. You know, me and him, maybe we just didn't get along every little thing that I did. He was, he was questioning me, trying to figure out why. You know, you talk about being a micromanager, just looking at you under a microscope, and then, man, you're having to answer for it, and you feel like you're just serving this guy all the time. Paul, he says, hey, I'm free. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, when it comes to the idea of, of you know, slavery and servanthood, you know, we have employment, but really when it comes down to it, you're free. I mean, you have the freedom that's afforded to every single American. You don't have to ever put yourself under anybody. You will never be forced to do anything except maybe pay your taxes, right? I mean, there's nothing that you are forced to do. You are free, just like Paul. He is free. But notice what he said he does. Sure, he is free in his position. For though I be free from all men, verse number 19, yet... Have I made myself servant unto all? He says, yeah, I'm free, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take myself and make myself a servant. I'm not just going to make myself a servant. I'm going to make myself a servant to everyone. To every person that I can see, every person that I can minister to, I'm going to put myself under them. I'm going to give you a good example of this. Do you remember when Jesus, in the story in the Bible, when he was here, he was on the earth, he was walking, he was talking, and, and is Jesus accountable to anybody? Hey, listen, God's accountable to no man. The only person Jesus in the body ever answered to was God the Father. That's it. He was accountable to no one. But you know what Jesus did? He went over to Peter and took a bowl of water and started washing Peter's dirty feet. You know what Jesus was doing? He was making himself a servant. He said, I don't have to serve, but I am going to. I am going to make myself a servant. So here's what you have to do. You have to be ready, number one, to think less of yourself than you really are. If you're going to make yourself a servant, you have to be ready to think less of yourself than you really are. You ever heard of somebody say, oh yeah, I know that guy. And there's an expression that I've used. He's getting kind of big in the britches, isn't he? You ever heard of that? Oh man, that guy, he... Man, he thinks a lot of himself. He just thinks he's, he thinks he's hot stuff. 
You know, he's done this, this, and this, and man, he just, he just thinks he's better than everyone else. Well, listen, if we let that pride get built up in our hearts, and if we start to think that we're better than everyone else around us, then there's no way we'll ever be able to have the heart of a servant, can we? Because there will never be a day when a servant, an actual servant, is going to have a higher position than the master. That just doesn't happen. That's the, by default, the servant is lower. So what right does a servant ever have to say, oh yeah, man, man, look at me. Look how, look how great I am. I washed that guy's dirty feet today. Let me tell you what I did. On the football team, I'm the water boy. I get to go home and wash all those dirty jugs, you know. That's not something that we, we have any pride in. How am I ever going to be a servant if I think so highly of myself? Folks, the Bible says a pride goes before destruction and a hearty spirit goes before a fall. I will never have this servant's heart if I am built up with pride. And I have to start looking at others and really in, in choosing to be a servant, I have to lower myself and then I have to start being willing to do more for others. Doing more for others. Does that mean that I'm physically going to have to wash someone's feet? Well, maybe. You know, there could be that day. I mean, I've washed my children's feet. As a parent, sometimes you have to serve your children, don't you? Because they can't do for themselves. You know, what happens to that day when, when true love dictates that you're going to do something like that for your spouse? You know, I was told a story once, and, and I wish I knew their names. But there was this couple that was fairly young, and then this, this husband, he got a phone call one day that his wife had just been in a terrible car accident, and she was going to be a quadriplegic for the rest of her life. And for the rest of their marriage, this husband, he decided he was going to stick it out and take care of his wife. His wife would never again be able to give him a back rub. His wife would never again cook him a meal, you know, could do nothing. But he decided that he was going to serve her even though he would never again get anything out of the relationship. Man, that's going to be a pretty humbling experience. You are going to have to, he had to lower himself and be willing to serve someone else. Now, when it comes to us spiritually, what do we see that we're doing for others around us? Do other people see us as God's people, as servants, ready to serve? Or are we just looking out for number one? Are we just looking out for ourselves? Are we just trying to see you know, how, how much better we can do for our own? Hey, I'm looking out for number one, my four, no more, right? I mean, that's the way the American mindset works. But folks, the biblical mindset is we're going to start looking to others and see what we can do for them and how we can serve them. So our question that we ask ourselves in, you know, in making that choice, how often do we put the needs of other people above ourselves? How often do we honestly put the needs of others above ourselves? Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, I have to just, just neglect my own family and try to figure out where I can just give all my stuff away, right? That's not what I'm saying. And it doesn't always mean necessarily money and stuff that we have. But what it does mean is, do I see others the same way Christ does? I mean, Christ, He, he died on the cross for me. That's how much He saw my need. That's how much He loved me is that He died for me. So do I ever really open my eyes to what maybe my brothers and sisters in Christ are going through? Do I ever open my eyes to those others in my community around me that may have needs and there may be some kind of need that I can fulfill, some kind of need that I can supply. And when I start to fulfill those needs, now I have an open door to minister to that person that I didn't have before. 
Folks, ministering to others, that servant's heart. How often do we care only about what we want out of life as opposed to how often do we honestly start to look at the needs of others and seeing how we can fulfill and supply those needs? Folks, that's a choice. That's not just something that comes with being a Christian. No, that's a choice. We have to open our eyes and look. Now, watch this. Here's something that... that that again is a choice, something that Paul did, and I hope this would never be named amongst any of us. But it's sad to say in America, it's still very real. Verse number 20. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. And to them that are without the law, as without the law being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. Okay, so what is Paul talking about here? He's saying, look, there's all these different types of people, and, and you know, I'm going to serve the Jews, I'm going to serve the Gentiles, I'm going to serve the weak, I'm going to serve those that are under the law, those that aren't under the law. He's saying, look, I'm not going to be a respecter of persons to the kind of person that I'm going to choose. Because notice right before that, he said, I am a servant to all. And then he starts naming these groups of people. Folks, we can't start to, to prejudice. I hope I'm saying the right word. We can't be prejudiced in who we are going to serve. And we can't take ourselves and become something that we are not. But we do need to look at others and figure out how we can serve them. There's a misconception with this verse. Some people would say that, oh... I need to look at who that is and I need to become exactly like they are so I, can, so I can minister to them. Well, that doesn't mean if a person is a drug dealer, I'm going to become a druggie so I can minister to the drug dealers. Okay, no, that's, that's not what that verse is saying. But what he is saying is this. He's talking about, say, for example, the Jews. You know what Paul was? He was a Jew. He was able to minister to them because that's kind of what he was. He was able to minister to those in Rome because he was a Roman citizen. He was able to minister to all because he could somehow affiliate with those people. He was able to understand where they were coming from. He wasn't so, he wasn't irrelevant. He was able to relate to those around him. He was a relatable person. He wasn't, you know, this, this untouchable, right? You know, we think about Jesus Christ. He was able to minister to others. And if you remember, the Bible says he was a friend of sinners. The Bible says that he was poor, and that's the people he went to to minister to. Folks, what we're seeing is we can't take a look at who a person is and then decide whether or not we're going to minister to them. No, we're going to minister to all. So let's look at some of the things that he says. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew. So here we can look at this and say, you know what? He's not going to be any respecter of a person's nationality. You know, whether they be Jew, whether they be Gentile, whether they be Samaritan or whatever. He's saying, look, th this is who they are. Okay, fine. I'm going to look at them as a Jew and I'm going to relate to them as a Jew and I am going to serve them as a Jew. Whatever it is they need, I am going to lower myself and I am going to serve them. And you know, maybe it has something to do with Americans. Sometimes maybe we think that we're, we would be better than this nationality or better than this nationality. Folks, I applaud any person that would go to any other country and leave the blessings that they have in America to go and witness to those folks. I know one man, he was a guy that he was an Egyptian. 
And he left Egypt. He came to America. And he got a great paying job. And he was bettering his family. And, and boy, he was, he was growing. And while he was here, somebody witnessed to him, told him about Jesus. This guy's name was Isaac. And man, while after he got saved, shortly thereafter, he got to thinking about, man, how great it was that he was a Christian. He learned about Jesus. And God said, hey, Isaac, I want you to go back to Egypt. And he said, what, Lord? I, I came here to get away from there. Now you want me to go back? And boy, he did. He went back to Egypt so he could serve his own family and to serve his own people. And he was serving them. And he left all the wonderful comforts that we have here in America so he could go back there. And folks, we think about how much some people give up to be able to be a witness in other places. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't be a prejudice against any type of particular nationality. And Paul, he says, look, he looked at these Jews and he witnessed to them as Jews, even though those people were the one that put Jesus Christ on the cross. He knew what they were believing was wrong, which kind of leads us a little bit to our next one. He says, and unto the Jews I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews... To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. And then on the other side, he said also to them that are without the law in verse number 21. Folks, there's also something else that didn't apply in this time period. We talked about this. Don't forget, when you're reading Corinthians, at this time, Jesus Christ, he was born he did his miracles, and he died on the cross. And then he rose again and went to heaven. That's already happened. What does that mean? That means the law had been fulfilled. Okay? That means now grace had come. We don't have to follow the law anymore. Paul is saying, look, there's those people that still believe they have to do the law. They still believe they have to sacrifice lambs. They still believe they have to, to keep the Sabbath. They still believe they have to go to the temple and, and go to the priest. And they still believe in all these ritualistic things. He said, you know, all those people, they believe the wrong thing. But I'm still going to serve them. I'm still going to make myself lower than them. I am still going to minister to them. And you know, I want to tell you sometimes there's those around us that when we see they believe something different than we do, Man, we like to see ourselves better than they are, don't we? And I'll tell you, I'm guilty of it. I know I am. There are some people that I absolutely disagree with, with their beliefs. I mean, we'll take politically, for example, or philosophically, for example. And I'll say, man, how could a person believe something so ignorant? Ah, man, I just, I just can't believe that they would think that way. They're just so dumb, you know. That's the way we think, isn't it? I know I've thought that way. Man, they're just so ignorant. And then I feel so much better about myself when I think that way. But you know, I believe the Lord would have us to say, hey, how can I serve that person? How can I make myself lower than that person? What can I do to be that person's servant so I can witness to them? So that I can gain them for Christ? How can I show them the love of God so that I can see them saved? And we're going to look at that third point. And then he even says this, sometimes as a matter of them physically. Verse number 22, to the weak became I as the weak, that I might gain the weak. Do we ever look at someone, how they, maybe how they dress? Or whether this person, man, that's a, that's a strong person. This guy over here, oh, they're a weak person. Have you ever met somebody with, a, with just an A-type personality? I mean, man, the minute they walk into the room, whew, just all eyes look at them. And then when they smile, the whole room just lights up. And man, everybody just gathers around them. And you think, boy, what a great person that is. I'd really like to serve that person. Man, that's a guy I could work for that guy. 
Because he's got, he's got it together. But then you have some other guy over here. He's tripping over himself. He doesn't do a good job on the job site. He's, you know, he, he doesn't perform very well. He's someone that really, really no one likes to talk to because he's kind of the awkward guy, the weak. Do we ever see this person as someone that we would be willing to serve? Paul said he'd be willing to serve the weak so that he might gain this person for Christ. See, everyone wants to be over here maybe to the strong, but Paul says he would even serve the weak. And he's not saying one is better than the other, but what he is saying is this. Look at the last part of 22. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. He's saying, I'm going to serve them all. If there's someone I can serve... If there's someone that I can lower myself to, if I, can, if I can be a servant over here to the Jew, if I can change myself to be a servant to the Gentile, if I can change myself to be a servant to the weak, I am going to do that. And if I can serve as many people as I possibly can, by all means, I might save some. And he knows that he'll never be able to see everyone come to the knowledge of Christ, but he would be willing to save some. And so we ask ourselves this, secondly. Well, number one, you got to choose to be a servant. Number two, do you kind of scrutinize the kind of person you're going to serve? Do we sometimes prejudice about who's worthy of our service and who isn't? Folks, Christ died for all of us. All of us the same. He died for all of us. Then lastly, we see this in verse number 23. And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker thereof with you. Here's why he does it. And this is why we all should do it. And it's very simply this. For the sake of the gospel. That's it. For the sake of the gospel. He says, I am willing to serve all for the sake of the gospel. I am willing to serve the Jew for the sake of the gospel. I'm willing to serve the weak for the sake of the gospel. I am willing to be a free man. Hey, and just free and have no one over me. I'm willing to put myself under everyone for the sake of the gospel. Do you realize tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that if we are going to see anyone come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we have to be willing to make ourselves servants. We have to be willing to serve. We have to be willing to see them as worthy of our time, as, as worthy of our effort, as worthy of, of going after and witnessing to them. We have to see them worthy of someone that's serving. Think of this. Jesus Christ saw you worthy of coming to earth and dying for. Jesus saw Peter as someone worthy of taking a bowl of water and washing the dust off his feet. Who around us is worthy of our service? Well, according to Paul, everyone is. And if we can make ourselves worthy, well, really, make ourselves low and see everyone else worthy, well, then we're going to have to do a couple things. And here's these three simple parts about the sake of the gospel. Folks, we don't witness, number one, for pride. And we don't witness, number two, for worldly gain. You know, some people, they'll serve because, hey, it gives them something to boast about. You know, have you ever heard somebody that, um, you know, maybe they had some kind of position where they met somebody. I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, I know some people that they, <laughs> maybe they worked on some kind of political campaign right? Oh man, I got to tell you something I did. I was able to shake hands with Mike Pence and man, I worked on Mike Pence's campaign and I was able to knock on a thousand doors for Mike Pence. And boy, they would say, look at how great of a job I did. You know, 
They got some pride out of that. Or someone that maybe they'll serve someone because it's going to get them some kind of money or some kind of job. Hey, let me tell you, this person I served, I did this, this, and this, and look at all the money I got out of it. And there again, they're serving for something for themselves, for that kind of pride or some kind of worldly gain. Folks, this isn't the type of service that we do for the Lord. The type of service that we do for God is not going to come back on us. We serve others because God loves us and because God loves them. And we serve others because God sees them as worthy. You know, when we get to heaven, we've talked about this. When we see God, and we see this in the scripture, there's only one thing that a person can do in the presence of God, and that's fall on their face. That's it. Folks, when we see the glory of God, we are going to fall on our knees before him and we are going to bow in his presence. And then when we are there, when we see how wonderful and how worthy he is, it demands service. And when we think that God in heaven, whom we're going to serve, how much he loves everyone else around us, boy, we see them as worthy. We start to see how worthy they are of our service. And we start to see ourselves just as lowly as we really are. You know what? If Jesus, if he can lower himself enough to go wash a man's feet, I think I can probably lower myself too. If the king of heaven can do it, surely we can. So folks, this is what we do. We do this thing for the gospel's sake. We become all things to all men that by all means we may save some. Folks, Paul is a servant. He was free, but he made himself a servant. Are you making yourself a servant tonight? Let's have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed. And folks, over the next couple minutes, I just want you to ask yourself this question. Are you a servant of God tonight? Have you made a commitment to the Lord that you're willing to serve Him? And by the way, serving God, that would dictate that we serve others around us. That we would become a servant to all people, no matter who they are. We would be willing to serve them. God in heaven, I pray that you would help us to become servants tonight. Lord, as the Apostle Paul, he was a man that, was, that could have had it all. He had every birthright. He had every privilege. But he was yet willing to make himself a servant to all people. Help us to have that same heart. So with every head bowed and with every eye closed, I just want you to simply think to yourself here in the quietness of your seat. Is there someone around you that you could be a servant to? Hey, is there maybe someone that you see on a daily basis that you know needs Christ as their Savior? They need Jesus. Are you willing to serve that person? Are you willing to become all things to all people? Are you willing to be the person that someone else needs so that they might hear the gospel? realize being a servant means that we would have to lower ourselves and sometimes that means we might have to lose a little bit of our pride but when someone comes to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and they get to be with us in heaven it would certainly all be worth it
Oh, Lord, again, we love you and we want to praise your name and thank you for what it is you do for us. Father, I thank you for serving us. I thank you for becoming obedient to death, even the death of the cross. I pray that you would help us to have the eyes of a servant, help us to have the eyes that Paul did. As we look to those around us that we might be able to witness to, that we might be able to serve, Lord, convict us. Show us those people. And may we be busy about serving others so that we might be able to save some. Our God, we love you. And I pray that you go with us now as we get ready to leave here and to go our different ways. And may we honor you above all things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, folks, that's all we have for tonight then. I look forward to seeing you again this upcoming Sunday. And don't forget, we've got our our few desserts and treats and stuff in the back. And if you haven't yet, we've still got our sign-up sheet in the back for the potluck on Sunday. Um, So don't forget that's going to be going on with our, our, our change of schedule and things like that for Father's Day. So, okay. Love you guys. And we're dismissed.